Okay, everyone, welcome. Class number three on Megillah Sester. We're going to finish Bezash Hashem tonight and conclude this very powerful discourse. We are holding in page 194 in Torah and we are holding by the parentheses in the fourth column, in the, the, the second column on page 194. Let's do a little catch up. Okay, so we're learning over here that Purim is explaining why Haman is calling for the horse. We learned that everything is so much deeper than what we think it is. Haman is calling for the horse that the king was riding on. To give Mordechai a ride, he's thinking to give himself a ride. But we explained that spiritually, because Purim was the time that uh, was the completion of the giving of the Torah, it is for that reason that just like by the giving of the Torah, there needed to be horses. Um, Hashem channels and comes down through the horses. Like it says, um, When you're riding on your horses, I think it's a Pasuk in Zechariah, Yeshua, your 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 chariots of salvation. So God comes riding in down through horses. So we explained, um, and that was the way the Torah was given, whatever that means. Um, so too by Purim, since Purim is the conclusion of Matan Torah, you have the same features that were by the giving of the Torah happened by Purim. So you have both the garments, because the Torah is the garment for the infinite. So you wear, what does it say? Bring the garment that the king wears. Let's bring the Torah, which the Torah is the garment that the king wears. And the horses. The horses are the, are the letters, the holy letters of the Torah. They're the horses. And we were learning what is the significance because, because horses are called osios, letters are called. But these are masculine letters, the letters that are flowing from, um, they're coming down from, from Hashem to us. And these are letters as he explained in the Mimer, I'm not going to go over it because it's a lot. It was a three and a half hour class last week. We discussed that these are, um, Sus is two times, is Gematria 126, numeric value 126, which is two times 63, because it's the channeling down of the energies of 63. What are the energies of 63? So 63, we learned, is one of the four permutations of God's name, Shem Samach Gimel. And the name of, of of 63 is represents the levels where the light of Hashem is shining unrestricted and unlimited with its full po- power and its full potency. One of the elements of that level is that there's no achizas achitzonim on that level. The, 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 because the light is not reduced and not limited, the forces of the unholy cannot siphon any energy from that very high place. And that's why it's called Alma Dechiras. It's called the world of freedom. And what that means is when those, when that level of divine revelation is going to be revealed in the world, there will no be, there won't be any more a possibility for unholiness to exist, because the unholy needs needs energy from holiness in which they usurp and they mischannel and then and then and then corrupt it and use that energy in a negative way. But that's only from a place that they can plug into, a place that we might refer to as hackable. There are certain levels of the divine, even with even God's name of Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton, the lower, like the name 45, is still hackable because that represents the realm of the world of Tikkun, where the lights have been reduced already and channeled into vessels and become 
um, 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 uh, to a very, very great degree um, constricted and limited. And therefore, there is through a, obviously, they can't plug in directly into this nuclear power plant, but they can, you know, through a, a system of, of the energy, you know, going through various different channels and channels and channels, it is it is it is possible for for the unholy to 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 um, to live off this 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 light, this energy. But once the lights of of tohu are are introduced, the infinite lights of tohu, in a way where the where the vessels can't shatter like the first time. The first time the vessels shatter, but in a way that we are receptive and capable of receiving the, that light, then the klipa is gone forever. Klipa cannot take from this. That's why we said that bina. Which is this? The level of sixty-three is referred to as alma dechera, the world of freedom, the world of liberation, and it's a place where you don't need any protection anymore. It's similar to the concept of the difference between Shavuos and Pesach, where Pesach, you we, we still have to watch out for the chametz. For that's now we know we're going to go through a rigorous uh, purification, plen- uh, cleansing, home cleansing. Uh, you know, people are, we're going to cleanse ourselves out from all yeast. Because the yeast represents the the, the klipas, the unholy. They're coming in and they're... But we know in Shavuos, in the temple, they would bring... The only time of the year, they would bring leavened bread. Why? Because on Shavuos is the revelation of this transcendental light. Because Shavuos is the 50th day, 50th bina, 50th lights of bina, the place of freedom, the place of liberation, where the klipas cannot come anymore. In general, we will say that in general, when Mashiach will come, we will be living in that realm. And that's why the spirit of impurity will be removed from the earth. So all now, all of Torah and mitzvahs is a channeling, is a is is leading and making the world, um, bringing the world to its ultimate aliyah, bringing the vessels, bringing the creation to a level where they can open up to receive what he referred to in the beginning of, of last week's class as the idea of aliyasa oilamais, where the worlds rise. Rising of the worlds means that every level, it, it, it becomes, you know, is able to stretch stretch itself, open up its vessels, its containers, for it to be able to receive higher and higher and higher lights. Ultimately, that we can step out of the limitations of the world of Tikkun and receive the intense lights of Toh, which is when that, once we are um, capable of, of, of hosting such godliness, such intense godliness, then um, we are, then um, then there won't be any more possibility for klipa. That's the ultimate Shabbos. Every Shabbos we rise a little, a small little taste of that place, but eventually we're going to be there. And it's going to be the sum totality of all of our Torah mitzvahs, what we've done. Therefore, since as we know that as a result of Torah and mitzvahs, we connect the lights of Tohu to the, to, the, to the vessels of Tikkun. That's what Torah does. We always speak the concept that through mitzvahs, we, we, we elevate the sparks of holiness. And, but the mitzvahs are also done with, in a very, with physical containers for two reasons. Number one, in the physical, we are accessing these sparks. The sparks are the triggers who can trigger these energies of Tahu, this immense light of Tahu. But on the other hand, the mitzvahs are also in a very orderly, constructed fashion that has a lot of 
tikkun in it. In other words, we have good vessels, good containers that can facilitate the light. So Torah and mitzvahs is all about a, a unification of tohu and tikkun. What does that mean? It means eventually the, the observance of Torah and mitzvahs lead creation to become um, 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 to the ultimate aliyah to the elevation of worlds to receive the lights of 63. And therefore, by the giving of the Torah, it was done through the horses. Now that level is related to the horse. 63 is, the what does it do to a horse? Because we learned last week, 63 spells the word gas. And gas means a certain haughtiness, which generally is the antithesis to holiness. Haughtiness is no good. But yet, by the singing of the, by this, when we, when we cross the sea, it says, Ashid al-Hashem, we will sing to God, Ki go he's greater over the great. He's exalted over the exalted. That means God exhibited some, some God flashes a flashing of his exaltedness. And what does that do? What that makes is that till that time we were in exile. Exile means that the energies of holiness are being misdirected to the klipa. Why are the forces, why is Paro, why is Egypt so powerful, so strong, so so much so that they can dominate over the realms of holiness and, and, and enslave the Jewish people? And that is because they're, they are, they are, uh, they're stealing energy. They're, ta- they're taking God into exile as well. Because the divine manifestation is of a lower level that, that is vulnerable to being exiled, vulnerable to being mis, mis, mischanneled. But when the exile ended, God kind of clogged and stuffed the holes. He, 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 uh, he, he repaired the leak. How does he re- repair the leak? Ki ga he reveals himself from an exalted place. He, 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 he suddenly appears from a transcendental, higher, infinite place where they can't take, where God is very lofty and is untouchable. They can't reach him. They can't, they can't grab onto him. And that's why it says when God lifts himself up, sus he casts the, the, the horses and the, and the, and the, um, and the chariots into the sea, which means because he's elevating himself through the energy of horse, God is like riding on a horse, like a, like a warrior, like a very high being, exalted being. God is not coming very humble and whatever. God is presenting himself on a horse, which we spoke last week that one of the characteristics of a horse is that a horse is very, has pride. That's why it's, 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 as we said, it's, it's the pride of the horse has to do with the source of the horse from Bina, where there is this exaltation. And that's what we, that's what elevates. And over there, there can't be exile. There's no exile over there. There's safety. So that was when we went out of Egypt. But the ultimate state of manifesting these lights of Tohu in its fullest manifestation is only going to be when Mashiach comes in the third temple. Mm-hmm. In order to get there, in order to get to the, to the Giloi of Bina, of 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 Alma Dechera, in order to get to this Aliyah Sa'ilamais, in order to get to this uh, um, um, uh, 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 klipa free zone, in this in this very 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 lofty state, um, we need to first we need to first prepare the vessels because what happens is the worlds rise up. In order to rise, they need to separate 
they need to separate from from the klipa down here. In other words, there has to be a pure, there has to be an extraction of sparks. Because to trigger the lights of Tohu, to channel, to draw down, the lights of Tohu has withdrawn back into itself, back into Hashem, into its source. To trigger them, you have to bring them a little piece, a little shard, a little, a little speck of, which was once from the world of Tohu. In other words, they need, that's always the way things work. When you trigger something, when you trigger something by giving it of its kind. So these sparks from the from this lofty world of Toh, as a result of the Shvira Sakelem. Now, this is something that he made mention, which I'm not going to explain now, but just mention that um, in Toh itself, it's the seven the seven Midos that collapsed. This, the, 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 the main element of Toh, which is the, 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 the three intellectual aspects of Toh, Bina primarily of Toh, never collapsed. Because on the level of Bina, there can't be a, 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 a collapsing. There can't be a fall. There can't be a shattering. On the lower emotions, there could be. But, but, but we use these emotions that collapsed, we use them as triggers to trigger the, the realm of Tohu. But where are, these, where are these sparks? These sparks are currently, until we reconnect them, and until we can create Aliyah Sa'ilamas, so it's like, it's like a, in order to, to trigger the lights of Tohu and to and to and to and, and and to reveal that in the world so that to make the world um 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 you know um fully holy proof and that klipa and the unholy can never get into it which is going to be eternally a godly place we will never be able to sin anymore we will never be able to fall anymore so in order to create that we need to go down to very dark places first because the only way to access those lights is to go down to mine for the sparks. Now, spark mining is very dangerous because spark mining involves that you're going into a place where the clippers are very strong. And what can happen is instead of you swallowing the clipper, the clipper can swallow you. It's exactly like Pac-Man. So when the Pac-Man game goes, you want to eat the monsters. So you're running to eat the monsters, right? Remember the Pac-Man game? You're running to eat the monster. But um, the monster can eat you too. Then you're out. So the question is, who's going to eat you? You're going to eat the monster. The monster's going to eat you. So you get all these little monsters running around and you're going down there. So how do you make sure that you eat the monster? The monster can't eat you. So you have to swallow something first. There's the, there are these things in the game. You grab that thing. And for the next 30 seconds or 60 seconds, I'm not exactly sure how long it was. Once you eat that 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 thing, it kind of... Um, 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 gives, gives, puts something in you that you become monster proof. And not only can the monster not eat you, but you can eat the monster. That's the way Pac-Man works. And I'm just finding that there's a very deep Hasidus over here. What he's saying over here is, in the Mimer, is in, even before we enter into the ultimate world of Bina, which the horses are going to take us to, that those are the horses that are racing upwards. The sparks of Bina, when they are when they are carrying the world with it higher and higher to the ultimate lights of toe, that's through the horse. Remember we said that, that in the word sus, it's two times 63 because it's 63 in a level of ascending to 63 and descending from 63. So we just explain what is the ascending. The ascending is the ultimate state. When the worlds have already been elevated, they've already been purified, when we've ascended into a state where we can experience this enormous godly revelation without our vessel shattering, 
And that's the ultimate state. But in order to get there, we still have, we have to work with the creation when the creation is still low, when the creation is still under the spell of the tree of knowledge, where there is a mixture of good and bad. And over there is where we have to do the work, but it's too dangerous to go down there. That's the question. So you need to get yourself garments from the world of Bina. Bina can, can, can give us the garments. Bina can give us that protection. We need to swallow a Bina pill so that we can, once we have it, we, we can go down low, low, low. And since Bina itself is a world of freedom, a world where Klippa cannot, cannot um, attack, where Klippa cannot um, hack, um, it's for that very reason that the, the Bina energy, when it descends with us, even though we're not in the Bina zone, we're going far, far. We're going down into the realm of Ban, Banish in fifty-two, where there's where there's a shattered vessels, where the where, where the Klippa reigns supreme, where there's Klippas Noga, where there is an enormous amount, and even the three impure Klippas, there's an enormous amount of Chazarai of dangerous stuff that are all over the place, lurking and trying to latch themselves up and steal holiness, steal kedusha, which is through sin and all the like. So how do you go down there into a dark world and remain? Connected and not, God forbid, fall into sin and to all kinds of other uh, unholy situations. Which, if God forbid that happens, then instead of holiness extracting the spark, more powers of the holy have fall victim to the klipa. The klipa has now swallowed and internalized so much more godly energy and become enriched. So it's a tug of war. How do you make sure? You need to have special protection. And that's the other horse. The horses, as we learned last week, is the empowerment coming from Bina, but they're they're going down, down meaning they are they are descending together with the person. The person is from the world of Tikkun. Our souls is from the world of Tikkun. But we are empowered with energies from higher, from Bina. And he explained what that means in a, in a very interesting discussion that um, the emotions themselves, where the war is, the war is really within the emotions. Seven holy emotions have to battle with the seven unholy emotions. That's the main battlefield. But you can't enter the in, enter the fight only empowered by holy emotions. You need to in, bring along with you energies from your from your mind. You need to bring your mind along. You have to bring intelligence into it. You can't just fight whole, impure love with holy love. If they also have holy intelligence. And that's the powers of Bina. And last week, if you remember, at the end of the class we learned, that's the meaning of the mother bird over the little chicks. The mother is, is, is that means we bring down the lights of Bina. If you remember last week, we discussed that that's the idea of Sphira to Omer, that in order to, to purify the seven emotions, which is a, which a certain element of this is this is the idea of, of 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 extracting the good potential in our animal soul in our unholy emotions, and extracting the good potential and elevating it. In order for us to elevate it, we need the mimachras hashabbos. We can't derive and 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 be successful just from our emotions. In other words, if we might think that if I if I, if I have a, 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 power, a strong love of Hashem and fear of God and so forth. And so I'm ready to go into darkness. No, 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 no. You never know. Those emotions can become very quickly not only 
overwhelmed by the unholy emotions coming from the part of ourselves that have not yet been rectified. But even more than that, the energies of these emotions themselves can become allies to the unholy. You can start loving a sin with the intensity of your godly soul, which is really bad. Because it's one thing to love and to have a, a lust or a desire to do an Avera, a sin, from your animal soul. It's a whole other story when you bring, when a person, God forbid, brings in their godly soul into that, into that pursuit. That is no good. But if we want to battle the battle just from our emotions, it's too dangerous. You could win, but you could lose as well. So you need to bring in intellect. As last week I discussed, that's why it's Chabad that goes across the entire world into all the dark places. Chabad Hasidim. Because Chabad Hasidim gives us access to Bina energy. Hasidus is coming from Bina. It's coming from Chachma Bina. It's coming from the Mochim. It gives us the ability to go out far and, 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 not, and not be, and not be uh, persuaded by the, by the unholy environments, whichever place in the world, remain strong and then quite and, and even more than just unbudgeable and, and, and remain observant and connected to God, but more than that, to transform that very, very godless environment into a godly place. Like we see across the entire world, so many Chabad houses sprung out everywhere and has transformed so many communities and places. It's far across the world. Why? That's only the power of Chabad, of Mochen. And that's the horse. Because the horse is from Bina. And again, it, 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 the pride of it is that when it goes down, it can remain above a situation even though it goes down. That's why we can extract the spark. We learned that emotions get too caught up. And we discussed it in relationships as well. That when you're dealing with a difficult situation, usually family members are really not good in dealing with, if there's a certain person in the family or a certain issue in the family where a person needs some, some help emotionally, usually family members are not the right people to help in these situations. Because what happens is a family member gets involved also from an emotional place. And even if their intentions are so good, because their emotions are there, they get all rallied up and emotions get caught up. Then what can happen is the opposite. Then, the, then the, this misguided emotion or misguided a person in the family that's having a trouble with their emotions can actually drag the other individual in as well into that and tangle them up and then use that very energy to further deprave themselves. So it's always helpful to get someone who is who, who can enter into the place from a objective state, which is purely intelligence, purely mind, not through emotion. And with that calmness, they're able to enter intricately into the dark space in which we need to fix, but in a way where they remain unfazed and unmoved because they're not there emotionally, they're there intellectually. And intellect can hover above the, the, the darkness. It doesn't get swallowed. It doesn't get uh, caught up. That's the beauty of intellect. And that's the quality of Torah. Torah deals with all the dark elements of the world. The seven unholy emotions goes through all the corridors of create of the world, deals with every situation, but it's not emotional about it. It's from a very clear, godly, instructive place saying kosher, not kosher, good, not good. It's like your GPS doesn't get, doesn't get, um, doesn't get uh, emotionally caught up in the directions.
Couples used to drive a lot and they used to get into big fights and driving. I told you to turn over here and go over here. God helped us a lot of shalom buys by giving us GPS systems because the wife doesn't have to tell the husband, go here, go there. He can, he can drive. And, 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 and even if, and, and see what happens to the, what happens to the, um, to the G, to the GPS is if you make a wrong turn, it doesn't get emo, it doesn't get riled up. It doesn't get all angry. It doesn't get all upset. How come you didn't listen? What's with you? What are you? Now we're stuck in traffic. It just, it re, it reroutes calmly. So it's key. it remains, it remains, and, and that's how it can fix the problem. Because once emotions start flying, forget about it. I told you, you told me, I thought so. No, before you know, no good. That's the beauty of a, of a, of a cold GPS. It never gets excited. So the and, that, and that's what's necessary in our in our fixing of the world. We have to be we have to have that aloofness, the aloofness of the mind, the aloofness. So this is the second element of the bird. The bird, no wait, that's the first. That's the the mother bird coming down to be over the chicks. I mean, that's representing bina energy coming down into this world to help while the world is not ready yet to receive godly light. But to help do the rectification, to help separate right from wrong, help extract the spark, and help the extractor not fall prey to the monsters that are in the extracting territory. Once that is achieved, now we hop onto the other horse, which is the horse now riding up, which means we do the mitzvah, we we achieve the extraction. Through the doing of the mitzvah, we elevate the spark. And then what happens? The, the the physical object with which we do the mitzvah is now rising and rising. We don't feel it yet, but it's really capable of a shot. In when we will pray, it will rise to a higher level. And then when Shabbos will come, the mitzvah that we did during the week, which was already elevated in our prayer, will receive a super boost, a higher elevation. That physical space with which we did the mitzvah is now being elevated to receive the lights of Tohu, which it reveals itself on Shabbos to a certain degree. And the ultimate elevation is when all the Shabbos is together, will all be elevated in the day of Shabbos. You realize? So what happens when you're doing a mitzvah? Is when you're doing a mitzvah, separating good from bad, and the spark starts like a red light. Beep, 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 beep. The spark starts, it is now visible. Not to my eyes, not to your eyes, but to Hashem's eyes and to Tzaddikim. They can see a spark now kind of liberated already. It's at this moment already, a pop, it's already connected. But it's, but we know it says that through prayer, it receives all the Torah and the mitzvot that we do are upgraded. In other words, in the prayer, they're elevated even higher because it's a time of elevation of the worlds. That the mitzvah you did two o'clock in the afternoon is elevated six o'clock by Mincha to a higher state. But as high as it can go during the week, that's the Shabbos of the week. Prayer is the Shabbos of the week. It waits, it waits till, till Shabbos. And Shabbos, it enters the elevator of Shabbos and it's elevated way, 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 way higher. And it's kind of already receiving much more moichen, lights of the moichen. But it's still far from Mashiach yet. And then all these all the stuff that were elevated in the individual Shabbos ultimately gained their elevation in, in, the, in, the, in the seventh millennia when the day will be completely Shabbos, where all the world will rise 
up for its ultimate elevation into the manifestation of Bina light, we will be in the Jubilee year. There won't be any possibility for Klippa. We will be fully manifesting godliness. So that's the second horse. The horse that is that is rising and lifting up into the world of Bina, as opposed to the 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 empowerment of the element of the horse. And that's why we said when Mashiach comes, we're going to experience the true moichen. Now our, our experience of God is mostly midos, is emotion. That's why Israel is only a land of seven nations. But when Mashiach comes, we're going to have the land of ten nations because God is going to screw on the head. I mean, cosmically, the head is going to, the, the intellect, the divine intelligence, which is higher than creation, is going to be revealed to creation. And when that happens, there is no possibility anymore of falling backwards. Ever, ever, ever again. And that's also, now let's go back, that's the second idea where it says, send away the mother bird. First, the mother bird is helping you out during the darkness, during the time of the struggle. Send away the mother bird, meaning elevate Bina back to its place. That's Abanim and its children, which means the Torah and the mitzvot that you did, with the physical, with these sparks of holiness, take for yourself, meaning now they are fully integrated and fully, fully, fully a, a station of holiness and of godliness. They're fully vessels for Hashem to dwell in. And that is called the completion of Tikkun HaKelim. The vessels have become now rectified to receive the lights. And remember what we learned in the beginning of the discourse. The whole meaning of Nasev and Nishma we will do and we will hear is that once we have rectified vessels, then we can draw, the Nishma means we will gather in the infinite light. Because remember we said that God is compared to a fire. Now I'm going back to what we really learned at the beginning of the beginning of the discourse. God is compared to a fire. And just like a fire does not, is not burning unless there is, there is um, substance that it can consume and burn, or else the fire is abstract, un- invisible. There is fire, but it's not even bright because it's unknown to us. It's just a an, a very very um, uh, you know unseen gas or whatever it is that is not that is not in any way uh, real to us because it's outside of our experience. But when we have the the, the, the we have wood, we have matches, we have oil, we have whatever it needs, we can then draw the fire down. So, but we have to. So, but you have to first. So, so I would say something like this. I, this is like a, a, you know, if you're if you're in a place you want to create a fire, you you want you go camping, okay? You go outdoors, you want to create a fire. So now you need a first. You need the materials to make a fire. And now it's been raining a lot in California, so it's going to be pretty hard if you go out in the forest and you try to look for dry wood because everything is wet. That means the kaolin, the vessels, are not ready because they're still mixed with water. So if you can take these vessels and dry the vessels in this case would be the wood, and you take it and you dry it up in the sun or you whatever, and you get it ready, ready, and then you can use this. So that's what we're busy doing. We're busy drying the vessels from the waters of the klipa. We're, I'm using another example. So once you have the dry firewood, then you can create, you can draw the fire down. The fire down is the revelation of the infinite, which is the whole purpose of creation. God should move down into this world. So Torah and mitzvahs enable and, and, and prepare the world and do the tikkun of the kalim in order to allow. Now, even before the Torah were given, so it seems like in the mimer, in the discourse, it seems like something like this. This power of tikkun ha-kalim comes in stages. 
First, there needed to be a level of tikkun hakelim even before the Torah was even given. In order that the Torah should even be given to the world, there had to be some rectification of the vessels. Initially, the vessels were stick, meaning the physical world was so messed up that it wasn't even Torah, it wasn't even even ready for us to start doing mitzvahs with. We couldn't even apply the 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 Torah, which is which is going to act as the rectifier. Even that was not yet ready. So we needed two and a half thousand years of preparation. That preparation involved both divine intervention, the flood, and other things that God, the flood especially, was a great purification. And then primarily the, it was the work of our patriarchs and matriarchs with their enormous self-sacrifice and devotion. And, and Abraham passed all the ten tests and their, their level of service purified the world in such an enormous way. But it wasn't, they didn't have the mitzvahs yet. They couldn't do it, and therefore they couldn't extract the sparks from, from Tohu. So we learned that even though they connected, it was a weaker connection. But at least the fact that they were connecting was having impact on the rest of the world, on the rest of the globe. It was purifying the vessels. You couldn't extract the spark. But at least they created an advancement in the, in the, uh, in the, in the vessels at least they advanced the world. And the next stage, which caused, accelerated the process, was the 